Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. Margo is sadly out of commission today, so I'll be doing the talking and the laughing and the crying and the eating and the drinking uh, solo tonight. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. And tonight we're at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room in the Irish Channel. The Tap Room is NOLA Brewing's on-site watering hole. They, all, they serve NOLA's special, regular line of, of craft beers as well as eight specialty brews you can get nowhere else. Tap Room is open seven days a week, weekdays from 2 to 11 p.m. and weekends from 11 in the morning until 11.30 p.m. And they are just hours, I think, maybe moments away from opening up the new tap room. Excited about that. By our next show, will be probably over there, and uh, that's going to be, uh, they say, a, a, even a greater improvement over what we of uh, the digs that we have here. So it's exciting to see uh, the Nola Brewing uh, tap room expanding. Um, glad you could join us each week on Midnight Menu Plus One. Margo and I invite a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to have a beer with us, and we invite them to bring along their own guest, a plus one. We never know who the plus one's going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, or a fellow restaurant colleague. Well, a special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One tonight is Chef Ryan Hagler of Grand Isle, and we're going to introduce him in just a moment. Really looking forward to speaking to him. But before we do, I just wanted to catch us up on some of uh, this week's culinary adventures. You know, I, um, this week I was able to uh, find ways to... I, I actually walked from my home near Audubon Park on Magazine Street to the, to, um, to the quarter or further um, almost every, I think every day but one this past week. So I got to go to some new places, and there was a lot of great adventures I had. But uh, the ones that stick out in my mind is I, I was, uh, really enjoyed uh, lunch at Sobu. Uh, man, the salad with the Tazo and the asparagus and Abigail, the bar chef there, is just absolutely awesome. Even if the food wasn't, she's incredible, and the food was great. Um, also uh, tried a whole bunch of new uh, coffee shops along the way this week. I went to the French truck coffee across the old bridge lounge and that's the outlet i guess for the french coffee french truck coffee that's been uh appearing all over the city and a lot of outlets are using that now and that's that was uh that was solid and then also went to um what was it called pulp i think it was called pulp and grind and it's uh i think they grossed their own beans too and they're in the old space used to be occupied by pj's i believe on um uh, downtown in the sort of cbd on uh on camp street and that was very good also um Really enjoyed uh, probably one or two too many uh, uh, cucumber um, margaritas at uh, Del Fuego. We had this week, my wife and I and some friends, and uh, had really, really uh, had a great time there. And then Satsuma, the original one, the one down in the Bywater, not the Maple Street one, which we also like, but um, go to a lot. But I, got, I, I was able to get over to the Bywater one, and man, that quinoa salad, I haven't been able to stop thinking about that all week. So, well, anyway, those are some of the things that I uh, enjoyed. Wish, wish Marga was here to share some of hers, but uh, enough, of, enough of that. We really need to get to Chef Ryan Hagler. He's, uh, he, we're so honored to have him with us, the uh, genius behind Grand Isle, and um, really happy to have you here. Thanks. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Good. All right. You need, oh, Chris, or, okay, now, by the way, not only am I uh, flying solo without, without um, uh, uh, Margo, but tonight also Grant, our producer, is not here. In fact, the only people here, we have the most bare-bone crew we can possibly have, just me and the sound engineer, Chris. So uh, this may never make it to the air if we don't, <laughs> if we don't do this right. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we need to be near the mic. Um, hey, Chef Ryan, so uh, tell us, how did you get to New Orleans? Uh, what were the circumstances that brought you to this town? Well, I was in New York. I was working at 
John George's Spice Market and when Katrina hit New Orleans and I had a lot of friends down here and I was kind of wrapping up my time in New York already so I decided that it would be a good opportunity to come down and, and be a part of the rebuilding process. This is right see, after Katrina. See huh? if there was anything that you know I could do to co contribute to that process and uh, moved to town and after sort of getting Did you a, have a job here already or you just no, kind of like just, just showed up huh? just kind of showed up and, wow. and stayed stayed with a friend and until i got my slept on a couch exactly <laughs> and uh How did I, know? You know, I was like head to toe on a couch with another person like a, a pull out couch oh for, okay for pull out couch at least all yeah, right yeah yeah wow that sounds kind of intimate so, yeah <laughs> yeah but, you know we, we did that for for a couple months uh, up on cadiz street all right where, actually this was on um it was back in the day so we we slept head to toe, and then after a few months of kind of getting my bearings of the city, I decided to uh, get in with Justin DeVillier over at La Petite Grocery. Wow, okay, so you start right at the top. That's great. And, uh, yeah. His wife and I have been friends for, for a long time. And since did you all grew up together? We, we did in, in Charleston, South Carolina. In Charleston, so, okay. So I, I had known her for a long time, and... It just seemed like a good fit for for me to to get in there with Justin and uh, worked out really well. Um, for listeners who don't know, Justin's uh, I guess he's a Beard nominee. Did he win? Did he win? Or he, I can't remember. I, I mean, he's I'm, won a... I'm pretty sure he's been nominated for the past like five years, <laughs> and uh, you know, so on the top of everybody's list, La exactly. Grocery and then, you know, uh, mainstay in Uptown on Magazine Street, great, great place. And they just opened Belize over on Carondelet. Yeah, as have you well. been? I've not been yet. Me neither. So, yeah, I'm dying you know, I'm to, excited. Yeah. I'm just, it's been so busy for the past month that you know, yeah. it's been rough to do anything outside of work. So, so what do you have you doing there? I was a sous chef All right. Uh, for about a year. And uh, Man, you, you couldn't have been that old. You're, I mean, I'm guessing mid-20s maybe at this point? Right. I was probably about you know, 20, 26, 27 moving here. And, Man, you're, and, and uh, your first job in New Orleans is sous chef at uh, La Petite Grocery. That's, right. That's, you know, I, that's actually, not too bad. I, I came in as a, as a dishwasher. <laughs> and for real? I did. And How long were you a dishwasher before sous chef? You know, it, it was kind of just just for fun that I, that I came in as a dishwasher just to kind of take a look around and see. Oh, how you, the staff oh, okay. was oh you see, you were you were sous chef elect. Well, it was going to happen. Uh, kind of, you know, and it was like you were undercover. Exactly. And for it, real? And you know, they were looking at me. I was I was running an amuse station off of the the dish station. So I was like washing dishes and putting out like 30, 30 amuse at a time, you know, on like cheat pans. And it was, it was a really fun experience. Um, but, wow. Uh, from now they must have been like pretty new, didn't they? Because they didn't start La Petite Grocery, right? There was someone else before them. No. Uh, and they just taking it, it over about it that was, time, uh, right? Joel Dondas's restaurant. Right. Um, and I, I'm not sure if he had a partner or not. Maybe the chef was his partner. I think his name was Anton. Okay. And uh, Justin took over as the chef of the restaurant and then ended up buying it, right. you know, about a year after I was in there with him. So All right. uh, pretty, pretty quick transition into ownership from uh, just coming on as kind of the executive chef. So did you so. feel in over your head with that? Were you doing similar work in New York or uh, did that really, you, you, right away you took to it and you were chill about it or was that like Well, before leaving, before leaving Charleston, I had been a sous chef at a very uh, high volume sort of culinary hotspot for people to come after work 
Okay. And we did all small plates. We would do anywhere between like 800 to 1,200 small plates a night. Oh, know, wow. Very, You're not, you weren't doing that at a little petite grocery, no? A very small <laughs> kitchen, you know. Yeah. So, But it was all small plates. We had like 67 items on the menu, though. So it was really wow. kind of incredible experience. And we only we, we didn't even have a walk-in cooler. Everything was uh, in like three-door coolers. So it was just like prep stacked on top of prep. And then... There was one small walk-in that was outside around the building, and we could only keep produce in it because it was at, like, 43 degrees. So <laughs> you can't really hold anything else in, in that type of temperature range. So, um, Man, so did you reproduce some of those items uh, at La Petite Grocery? No, or? no, it was more working with Justin and his style and coming up with kind of specials and things like this, but his menu was already completely under his control okay okay and then from there i took the opportunity to do the opening of boucherie with nathaniel zimmett oh we've had him on the show as well yeah wonderful wonderful awesome guy. love yeah. that guy he, he and his mom the just best. came in for for mother's day oh and, really and I, I did a tasting menu for them it oh, was, it was really, nice it was really fun it was amazing yeah he's one of, one of everybody's favorite people in the world yeah. oh god good, good guy such a, a lovable ginger. Yeah. Shot in the neck uh, <laughs> in his neighborhood in Ferret, part of town. I think town. a few more places than that, but, uh, you know. Really? He, yeah. Oh, wow. And he was back to work like three days later or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, his friend Adrian's that, one of my good That's a Superman friends. legend right there, but, I mean, it, it took a while. Well, no, I mean, she's, she's you know, his sous chef was, uh, he's, she's one of my good friends, and one time she said. Adrian. Yeah, Adrian, exactly, mm-hmm. Adrian Resch, and she was, uh, she said one time that, uh, that, that she looked over, you know, it was maybe a week or two after the shooting, and he's like bleeding again or whatever while he's working in the kitchen. She's like, you need to go home. If right. not to the hospital, at least home, you know? I, I remember him coming out of the, the ICU uh, in, in kind of the bed, and everybody's lining the, this long hospital hall, and he's just like reaching up and like fist bumping everybody coming out of the ICU. <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, wow. It was like, yes, <laughs> that, that is, is a survivor badass. right there, wow. you know? Yeah, he belongs here, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this so, is his city. Yeah. It was really great, you know, to, to see that type of recovery. But you weren't there during the, uh, during the shooting, were you? No, but you know that was kind of after I I had already left. Right, but, right. Um, you know, but you were there for a while, Boucherie. What a great restaurant sure. that is too. You I know, mean, did did the opening and and I remember super creative, so tasty, and also I think the best value for a fine dining in the city at the time. I absolutely. Think the original menu I think didn't have one. Now it does, but I don't think it had anything over nineteen dollars an item on the menu. It was just the top, original top menu didn't stuff. have anything over fifteen. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> That's insane. That's so and crazy. It, and I remember, this is you stuff know, you'd pay three hundred dollars for in New York. Yeah, it, right. he calls it fine dining for the people. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so it, it's really well. It's good, you know. They're, they're now concept. they're getting a third property, right? They're taking over. Sadly, Nino's. We hate to see Nino's go, but right. uh, they're you know they they Nino's in between the other two, and now so that's good to see it really expanding over there. Yeah, I remember uh, we, when we did our first hundred cover night out of uh, Boucherie, out of that tiny space. Yeah, with, tiny, tiny. You know, fourteen tables kind of deal. Right. And, right. We, we finally did over 100 covers, and uh, at, at that time, I, I kind of prophesied, you know, that he, he was going to own that whole block. So, <laughs> He's working uh, on it. You know, he, really, he really is working He's on it. He's leasing the whole block. Exactly. Awesome for him to be moving forward that quickly. Yeah. Um, but... All right, so you were there then. So you, so how long were you at Petit Grocery? A couple of years. And it was a year, year, and then you and were then over at uh, Boucherie. Did the opening, and then after about four months, uh, moved on to Delmonico's. Man, Emerald's what Delmonico's. a streak you got there. Okay, great. And okay, that's where I met uh, 
Jacob, who's oh. my plus one right well, here, Jacob uh, let's, Curitan. Let's introduce him then. That sounds like a good uh, opening to introduce him. And Tell us who <laughs> Jacob is. So Jacob Curitan it came from to us from to New Orleans from Alabama. Yeah. All right. We grew up and, in uh, Fairhope, Alabama. Fairhope. So right. right there on the Mobile Bay, you know where yeah. they do the Jubilees. Are you familiar with the Jubilee? Uh, no. What's You're that? not familiar with the Jubilee. No, I've never been to uh, the coast of Alabama. No, when, they're, Alabama, when, they're, when they're the perfect conditions, uh, weather-wise, and all of, and there has to be like wind and. Oh, it only happens in bay two, conditions. Two places, two places in the world. What? And uh, wait, describe this for me. What are you talking about? Yeah. Basically, the the flow from the river stops at one point at the top, and the oxygen all goes to the away in the water and all the fish and all the crabs and all the stingrays and the fl- uh, like everything goes to the shore to try to and they get come some out air. of the water and they're Wait, all why mo- does the oxygen go away from the water it's, it's, it's the, the flow in the river and the way the wind is blowing it's deoxygenated material and, and, that comes up from the bottom and just yeah. f- forces everything out what the holy hell so wait so this happens two <laughs> places in the country how often or two places in the world two places in the world mm-hmm. how often it happens, you know, it can happen once or twice a year. and But you never know when it's happening. It's right. Predicted. So basically, the, the conditions can be kind of right. Know because all the, yeah. The conditions will be right and everybody will be watching. So what will happen is all of a sudden, at four in the morning, you get a phone call from your buddy who lives down on the bay. Jubilee! It's a jubilee. And <laughs> Holy crap! The whole town or anybody who knows anything about it comes on down to the, to the shore and everybody's got ice chests and you just go down and you pick up the fish. With your bare hands and crabs, crab, and shrimp. shrimp, and what squid, Eels. eel, because like they're all everything. desperate to breathe. Right? Yeah, they're so all they're just all right going there. to the side, and you, they're just right. And it right only there. happens. They don't know they're sheep for the slaughter if they do that, but I guess they, they have no other it, choice. It, right? it only happens for about an hour into daylight, and then all of a sudden they all go back. And How the hell have I never heard about and this? And they this go is back amazing. in. In nine, they say like ninety percent of the seafood and everything coming out would actually survive if people weren't out there just snatching it up. <laughs> it, it actually makes its way back into the water and, and everything's fine, but it's just for, for like an hour or 30 minutes or whatever it might be. So they, a predator like fish like eating each other, are they just so desperate to, to uh, suck up the air or whatever? They're, they're, they're just, just out. Like, they're just, so, so lions are lying with lambs at that point. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Just, exactly. The sharks or whatever they are, <laughs> whatever they are there with the guppies and everybody's just going, please. And then all of a sudden the humans come along and go, yes, and they, they scoop them all. Yeah, that's, that's right. Crazy. It's a time. It's, it's a time to uh, right. fill, fill up your freezer. Yeah. So people know this. <laughs> like, the whole city like wakes up and everybody's out. There Everybody doing this. comes down there. Like how big of a yeah. swath of air? I remember the first time. The first time I did it was probably I was probably four years old. Does it happen? Like, it's awesome. Like, can you go like years without it happening, and then all of a sudden it happens two or three times? Or like, yeah, I mean it happens more. Some years than other years, you know. Right. But uh, it usually, it usually happens about year? once a year on Is average. Is there a certain time of the year that's more likely to happen? Um, yeah, it's got to be a little bit warm. You know, it's, it's not warm. not not when it's cold. But what a wacky thing! I've never yeah. heard of this. Wow. Jubilee. So how much do you come home with? Did you come home with like two hundred pounds of like fresh? Seafood? It depends on how early you get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, if you get there and the sun's already up, you only got it like 30, 40 minutes to start grabbing stuff. And then like, then it just kind of disperses. Wildlife and gaming or whatever. They're not going. No, no, no. You must have a. I don't know. When I grew up, it was just it's like everybody go down there and just grab it. The cops and, are there grabbing yeah, it all too. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think they all have their eyes chest out at that point. That's a miracle. They must have freaked out like the Indians and stuff. This is a sign from the gods. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's what been you... a great thing for them. I mean, oh, I bet. Yeah, man. People must ate well for 
months after that. Yeah, that's exactly. a good place to live. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God we live in the era of the freezer and stuff too, right? right. Because it was like, what are you going to do with all that? Yeah. That, that's where the boil came from, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it all at once. Wow. Yeah, right Everybody ate. <laughs> Wait, so you grew up in a town like that. Why would you leave? What are you doing? Oh, well, um, I don't know. I, uh, back in Alabama, the culinary scene, it wasn't as hot when I was coming around. And you went to culinary school? I went to culinary school here in New Orleans. We moved here in 2002. Okay. And my whole, fam- my, family, the whole family, my mom and dad, we all moved here. Did dad get a uh, job here or they just wanted no, to No, they were here? all retired. My, my parents are pretty old. Like My dad was 40 when I was born and my mom was 30. And they were both retired by the time we moved here. But my sister went to college here. My brother went to college here. We, my dad has been coming here since the 60s. And they just love it. So we ended up moving here. And I was in high school here and it didn't really work out for me. I didn't like the high school I was in. And I Where'd was, you go to high school? De La Salle. Oh, you didn't like it? Didn't like it. <laughs> no, didn't work out for me. So I ended up dropping out, and then I went to culinary school when I was 16, and it was a block from my from my house, so I got to walk to school every morning. And oh, nice. So at, after that, I just kind of How fell. long was that program? Two years. Two years, okay. Mm-hmm. So and you graduated then, that by the time you would have graduated high school or a little bit after, maybe? It's kind of a funny story. I, um <laughs> So when I finished Everything the school, funny story. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. When I went, when I went, um, when I went back, when I finished the school part of culinary school, Katrina happened. I moved back to Alabama. Oh, wow. I was living in Orange Beach and it was my grandmother's old house before she'd passed away. She left it with my mom. So where I was living at the beach house and it was like, man, I really don't want to work right now. I'm only 17. So <laughs> I decided to go back to high school and finish my two years. And I went back to high school. You're like uh, 21 Jump Street. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to high school and, uh, and finished my externship for school at the same time. And I got my associate's degree while I was still in my junior year. Junior year uh, high school? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, uh, you know, tried regular college out and it didn't work out too much. And I actually went back to culinary school at the CIA in New York. Oh, you did? Okay. Is that where you guys met or? No. Yep. After yep. I graduated, yep. after I graduated oh. my first job out of school, I moved right back to New Orleans. I did my externship at Stella, and then wow, man, I, I really wanted to come back to New Orleans because this is like my favorite city in the I world. Had, how hard was it to get the internship at Stella? That must have been a prime spot for people that maybe them back people then, especially. For yeah, for sure. Stella was yeah, so it was 2008. Good. Stella was yeah. so so good. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. It was it was one of the hardest places I've ever worked, but I learned a lot, and I know I learned how to move fast. And be really tight and fast Finesse. at the same time. Were you there where Nicolas Cage like flipped out and broke the window? I was there. No, that's about that was before I was before I was there. That was right after it happened. I heard all about it. Oh, though. you got yeah. it right after it was that. About, okay. all about a bottle of wine. It was over a bottle of wine. <laughs> it was over a bottle of wine. He didn't like it. Well, he like he said, "Give me the most expensive thing on the menu." And he didn't <laughs> realize that was fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> so he flipped out. His hair went. <laughs> There's a reason why he was doing like the Left Behind remake and stuff. You know, that guy was trying to. Yeah, he well, he bought some strange stuff, didn't he? He bought like some voodoo, like monkey things. I'm and sure whatever. there was a lot of things he artifacts. bought when yeah. he didn't. He didn't. He had remember. like three houses yeah, right. in the same city. <laughs> right, right. Like, like the little Lori Mansion he had. For Forgot a while about stuff. it. Yeah, right. Know. <laughs> well, anyway, so he flipped out and broke a window, and then he had to pay for the fourteen thousand and the window, right? Yeah, yeah, both. I just remember Stella's <laughs> official line was like, "Nothing happened. It was okay." Or whatever, like that. But everybody else, <laughs> right, was right. Like, everybody else was telling like the newspaper, like, "No, there was a, it was, yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing." Yeah. <laughs> wow, so you got to hear the the legends about that right after. Okay, so you're at Stella, so, and you're interning there. Yeah, and then went back to New York and finished school, and then I came back and I started working at Del Monte. So you didn't want to stay in New York. You definitely wanted to be back here, huh? Yeah, I did. Uh, cool. I don't know. New Orleans has had a pull on me for a long time. Yeah, amen. And, and you know, I've yeah, left, it's I've too left, cold. I've left yeah, yeah. 
three times and I've come back. That's why I left. I Every single time. Yeah. Couldn't stand yeah. the cold. Yeah, I, mean, I grew up in New York and all that, and this place is – once this place gets under your skin – Every place else looks pretty bland. Hey, you know, you I mean, I say it either it either embraces you and it won't let you leave, right, or right. it's going to chew you up and spit you out <laughs> like you. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know? If you make it through the first year or two, you dive in deep and you make it through the first year or two. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're made for this place. Just uh, stay here for life. Don't try to go somewhere else. It's going to you can be at war with yourself. There's going to be too do. many rules wherever <laughs> else you go. Amen. Yes. Yeah, I got a South Carolina story about that, but I'll tell you off the air. It's too long. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I was in a I was in another city in South Carolina, not not Charleston, which I consider a pretty interesting place, but For another sure. one that's about the same size. And uh, man, they don't let you drink standing up in the whole city. You have to be seated. That's just weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot. I mean, it's, it's like a municipal strange. thing. It sounds like, like a crazy blue law that was from that weird you know, stuff. And then all the bars had to close by one. Baptist law keep an, from the you can't keep an ice cream cone in your back pocket. <laughs> 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 it's illegal. Well, New Orleans used to have no rules. We're getting some lately. But yeah. it used to be kind of you know that was they're, they're that was fighting it, but who knows? We'll see if it sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, so then you guys met at Delmonico. So you went to Delmonico next, and that's mm-hmm. where you met. And, and you, what were you doing there? You were like an intern? So I, I, I just came on and – Line chef? Or? When I lived in mm-hmm. Alabama, I was running a restaurant as a head chef. But, I mean, not, restaurants in Alabama aren't the same as they are here. Right. And so I went back and just – By restaurant, you mean a church's chicken? Or, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> but I came here, and I just wanted to get a, get, a, get a good job at a, at a well-known restaurant, and I got the saute position at, uh, at Delmonico. Man, that must have been that, – that's got to be – that's got to be hard. Now, was there a tryout for that? Did they have you, like, cooking? I did. I came in and staged one night, and then they offered me a job, and I came in and started the next day. Wow. And it, it so. was such an amazing team at Delmonico's back then. There was, oh, yeah, they're so professional. You know, but it's Spencer Minch team. as chef de cuisine, wow. who is just a, like – punk rock you know the the hardest chef of chefs you know what i mean and you know it's like the word is law and you know i need it now and how long even how long you like you better have a minute how long how many how, I mean, seconds it's gonna take <laughs> and then uh, isaac toops oh as, wow as yeah chef, love isaac he's been uh, on the show too he would yeah. wear this belt he still, wears, he still wears the belt. He's a madman. He had that this guy. belt with, with like bullets as the, and it would go over his chef coat, and then he'd have knives, yeah, and holsters all in the side. Dude, and he like was talking spoons. about his knife skills on his the spoons, you know, spoons that he, he torched yeah, yeah. and bent spoons with, a, with get, pliers, like bent. They go on a little hook like inside of his belt. I mean, he, he was like <laughs> Batman. <laughs> he was like Batman, you know, yeah. in the kitchen. Seriously. Oh, yeah. man, on our show, he was doing some knife tricks. And it was the only time I think I've been scared on the show because he was flipping around this knife millimeters from my nose. That's you know? awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think I he's like, done that do for you, me. Yeah. Do you know what his nickname is? Uh-uh. Tomahawk. Ah, nice. Yeah. Okay. They like wow. to throw axes yeah. at the restaurant. You know, he's got like a whole. He's got an area for that. In he's his destroyed his fence in his backyard more than once. <laughs> That's and he'll, 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 he'll just keep guy. fixing yeah. the he same is. spot. Yeah. Wow. Um, and David Barbo, who wow. is, is now what, a, what an all star team, chef yeah. de cuisine. Yeah. Um, you know, with I, Isaac. Um, yeah. He's, Anthony Scanio, who is now the chef de cuisine of yeah. Delmonico. Amazing oh, chef. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, we had him on the show, too. Yeah, yeah. Josh yeah. Wilkins. Good guy. Really good guy. Uh, who Josh Wilkins, awesome he was the sous time. chef at, at okay. Toops Meadery when they, when they opened. Okay. Right. And uh, he's, um, he's a great guy to work with, too. With Mia Mama, we called her. I yeah, mean, yeah. just the hot apps champion of the <laughs> world. And just such a really great team. Ronnie Rooster on the Friars. Yeah. And, 
Had a swimming in the water. He'd talk, he'd talk to the fried food. I got he'd be five like, fingers coming at you he'd right be now. Like, he'd be like, I don't want to go in the water. It's too hot in the water. And he's talking to the food. And then he'd he's drop, talking he'd, to the fingerling he'd, potatoes. He'll drop the basket. <laughs> he'll be like, swimming in the water. <laughs> it's not water at all. Wow. But, you know. So what Spencer do about that is like, hey, no, shut up. And no, no, hey, no, it was great. Oh, I mean, everybody, it was like a, really a comic relief for cool. the entire situation. We, you know, did it, you see Emerald there much? Everybody says he's not around too much huh well i mean we, we'd see once him every month or two yeah okay. and and you know he'd come in with like mario vitale right. and having dinner right, upstairs right. And, you know we'd have he, to, like roll him out the door you he'd know? walk in the kitchen but like when you work at emeralds you kind of you have to be there a year before he will acknowledge right you. Yes. He'll, he'll like right. he'll give you he'll give you a nod he'll yeah, like he'll he'll, he'll wink at actually, you or something yeah. Yeah. but he will not talk to you unless you've been there a year that's funny. and he watches you too he'll watch every cook sure. in the kitchen that's hysterical. It was, I didn't stay there a year, so he never talked to me. He never talked you to know, me. You know, he's no. always got, <laughs> got something to say walking past every stage. You know, he's like, more sauce on that. More, it's all about the sauce. You got to put the sauce on that. <laughs> so it's a really awesome situation. But just having that type of crew in one place at one time, I mean, right. it was kind of just like the perfect wow. storm. So this is about 2008? Yeah. 2009. 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah. So then what happened after that then? So you guys uh, worked there together for like a year or something, less than a well, year? Well, I was there for six months, and then yeah. Isaac mm-hmm. Toops took a job and took the executive chef position of uh, Cuvée. Oh, right, right, right. Back on, on Magazine yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking to kind of move up in the ranks, and the position that I wanted got filled by another Emeralds person who'd been there for a whole lot longer, who right. obviously deserved Very it. Very competitive, I'm so sure, yeah. Absolutely. I went over to help Isaac out, and I became his sous chef at Cuvée. And then he was still... Was I was Ryan was still okay. at, at... I was the butcher yeah. at Delmonico's for about two and a half years. You're the know? butcher? Really? Man. D- d- back then, That's a crazy I mean, job, too, at Delmonico. It was like kind of before the yeah. whole charcuterie boom. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people were just getting Which into Tubes, it. Tubes, by the way, had a big, big right. role and, to play And that. we yeah. had one of the most diverse programs in the city. You could, you could come and get a charcuterie board with like 20 things on it. Wow. Which was kind of unheard of. Unheard of. And they're all, they all done really well, too. Exactly. And they were just, all done very well. It was all done in-house, too. Huh? And then I mean, all the all dry done. aging. Uh-huh. I mean, we would have... Ryan over, had a big hand in that. We would, we would have over 2,000 pounds of New York strips and ribeyes dry aging in the cooler, which is on the third floor. A lot of fun. So that's a ton. <laughs> that's a ton. You know, you, you got to carry it up. So the mon- Mondays and, were not fun. And then bring it, as a bring everything back down, kind of like one piece at a time. You went to 2,000 pounds a week? How, much, how, how uh, often? You know, that was kind of like a jazz fest par. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> so. But also, like, in that cooler, you got 2,000 pounds of meat But everything's there, aging. And everything's oh. aging. So when you get your whole new shipment in, you have to rotate all the meat all in the every, entire cooler. You have to cooler. touch every piece of everything. And I mean, I was so oh, strong leaving that place. It was not even, because not only are you on a stairmaster. You're like Rocky. Oh, he's in there with like 100 <laughs> pounds on a sheet pan right. above his head running up the stairs. And like, you're on, not only are you <laughs> yeah, on the stairmaster every day, that, yeah. but you know, then you have to handle every piece of meat like individually, you know, and they're 15 to 20 pound loins of meat that you're just like throwing constantly every day. Man, so is there any way you can screw up the meat that way? Can you ah, drop nah, it? Nah, nah, I mean, you nah, drop nah, it and you just pick you're not dropping it. Yeah. You're not dropping it. It's too expensive. <laughs> you're not telling anybody. If you're and doing after it, you've yeah. cared for it for, for 21 days or however yeah, long yeah. you're going to age it, right. you're really not dropping it at that point. That's like, that's like your baby. Wow. You know, you don't drop the baby. Okay. Well, I drop mine once in a while. That's, that's, that's why he hates me to this day. But. 
<laughs> that's a whole other story. That's another story, though. It's this, this isn't about me. <laughs> wow. Okay. So then from there, man, what a both of you have like a flawless. You, no duds in this uh, uh, unless you're leaving something out. Okay. Yeah, so then where'd I mean, you go from there? From Delmonico's, uh, I came across the restaurant Revolution. Oh opening. yeah, another one. Wow, and what a variety and, too in this and, uh, list. Um, okay. You know, just now why are you moving so much? I, I had. To are you do restless, that. or I you mean, want a different? You I mean, want but it's, two it's different like two things? Or? Year, you know, a year here and an opening there, and then right. you know, I did two and a half years All again. Right. At, I moved at here about the same so. month you did. It sounds like, and I'm on the same job. Uh, <laughs> I have had one <laughs> job. So. You're, doing a, you're doing a good job. Yeah. At it, <laughs> I, guess I so. envy you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, this isn't my day job. But, but in yeah. the culinary industry, I mean, you really. If you want to learn and you, you feel like that you get to the top of the game or where, wherever, and you know, there's nowhere to go. You got to move on. Because yeah. the sous chefs and chefs are established right. in those restaurants and, right. uh, you know, there, there's just nowhere to go. There's nowhere to move up. So if you're going to move up, you have to go somewhere You got to go else. somewhere else. Yeah, but it's interesting so, because you, you were at some places, I mean, established places like the Monaco, but then also you were places that were new too, right? So you, you kind of were gambling on that. That could have been duds, but you, I guess you, you had for confidence sure. in the team. But well, I mean, with when, Revolution, when, you couldn't. Right. I mean, it's like it's not Jeff really. Jeff Olson and Rick Tremonto yeah, 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 are, right, right. are heading a team. It's like, and the only, like the yeah, only, I think I can The only reason on you left there was a good reason. Exactly. Too. I mean, you and, couldn't pass up. And, you know, the doing reason. the opening of Revolution, it was insane. I mean, we did six months of. Research and development in Chef Holt's test kitchen in Donaldsonville near his plant. And, yeah, you know, okay. and he does all the food manufacturing out there. He's like Willy Wonka. I don't know if you realize <laughs> that. But he manufactures all of this food in this huge plant where he has like two, yeah, tons, really like two, two ton kettles. And, you know, everything's like mixing and coming through cryovac machines. And, <laughs> you know, you're standing between these two kind of cryovac machines that have product just like slinging down onto a conveyor belt. And you stand in between and he goes... You're standing between $2 million right now. And I mean, it's just. That's really what it is. Huh? Exactly. The product wow. that that machine product. is putting out, not the machine. Not the, <laughs> not the machine. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, so. That one batch. <laughs> so it's like a really incredible experience to work with somebody so driven and so just business savvy. Yeah. And then Chef Tremonto coupled into that with his systems and his you know sort of ocd style management that just kind right. of like threw me over the top into that situation of organization and having everything have you know everything has to be so perfect and lined up like like soldiers you know and uh All just right. an amazing opportunity but then did that for two and a half years man again and as as the am sous chef you know mid sous chef uh, working through pretty much the entire sort of sous chef gam gamut that they had covering PM sous days off and stuff like this and working with Jana Bio. It's an amazing chef in, in herself. I mean, she's just awesome. And Eric um, Vinay, who huh. was uh, at Stella with Stella me. He was my with, boss. with Jacob. Yeah. And then um, I love working for that. Now guy. he's back at Muriel's where he was kind of before that. Yeah. Oh, you know, awesome. he, he made executive chef over there. Yeah. But uh, and Chris Lusk, you know, kind yeah. of uh, he came from Adelaide and kind of the Brennan's group. And but with Chef Holson and Tremonto kind of like leading this team and, and, you know, everything's so high end, Bernardo plates and 
the Viking show kitchen ranges and all of these kind of things coming together and bringing all the equipment in and all the plates and, huh. you know, like huge pallets coming down the, from the loading dock in the Sinesta, wow. where, which is like twenty forty thousand dollars worth of china on one pallet wow you know and coming <laughs> off the truck it's like leaning and you're like oh god and, <laughs> but then taking everything out of the boxes and just creating this situation to where you know we ended up doing kind of like 300 covers a day very quickly wow in that situation and then oh. i resigned from that to then do the dinner lab national tour uh, which was okay, like, now hold on to that for a second. I want to hear about that because that's involved. Uh, yeah, right. We need to take a break for just a moment and thank our sponsors for tonight's show. Uh, thank you tonight again to the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, the watering hole of the NOLA Brewing Company on Chapatula Street in the Irish Channel where you can get all of NOLA Brewing's beers plus another eight specialty beers you can't get anywhere else. And we'd also like to thank our friends at Petite Pet Care while you're at work or on vacation. You don't have to board your pet. You can stay in the comfort of your own home. For loving care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care. Find them at PetitePetCare.com. Um, and before we continue, it's time now for infamous off-the-menu feature. This is a part of the show where we ask you a question you might normally uh, not um, you might not normally get in the job interview. So uh, just sort of a random thing. Uh, one I thought of this. Okay, so if um, it's just kind of random, but if you, uh, I'd, I'd be interested to know if you could bring back one musician deceased to play one show at Tipitina's and you get a uh, VIP backstage pass and you get to attend this, would it be uh, A, Michael Jackson, uh, B, Bon Scott, uh, C, Elvis, D, The Ramones, or E, Ernie Cato? Wow, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, growing up in a family that is such a huge like Elvis family, Two of my uncles are actually Elvis impersonators. I'm not even kidding. Wow. <laughs> you know I'm an Elvis impersonator, too, Are you too, really? Right? Can you, can you tell? Are you really? Yeah, yeah, no, honestly, I am. That's awesome. I got, I got the pomp and, uh, and it, you do, the Elvis uh, rap thing. And you, you sing and everything? And, uh, no, I or, dance. You dance. Yeah, and dress up. That's yeah. awesome. You shake your hips. Yeah, I mean, my uncle has, like, the suits from Vegas. And, nice. like, everything, like, made original and, like, the real right. diamonds on the horseshoe cool. I was hoping you ring say Elvis and all this. I want to so I have to go with you. Elvis. All right. That's, that's the best answer by far, for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> I mean, true. It's right. the king. Yeah. <laughs> all right. How about you? Same question. <laughs> you don't have to answer Elvis. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But I like you better if you do. No, I'm actually gonna say Michael Jackson. All I, right. I, I really would just it's, love. You, I mean, you, I never got you, to see him live. You, you've so, rejected like, the king of rock yeah. for the king of pop. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. There we go. He's also a king. Yeah. We'll go with the two kings. All right. The two kings. All right. Mm. <laughs> I, saw, I, I was I was down on Bourbon Street one day, like, and this was right before he died. And we walked in this bar, and this guy was playing a guitar, and he was playing Michael Jackson, and he was singing and playing the guitar at the same time, and it was just so perfect. And we sat there for over an hour. We were just walking down the street, and we just heard something. We walked in, and we were like, holy shit. Holy crap. This is, <laughs> this is so good. You get a lot to curse on it. It wasn't really Michael right. Jackson, was it? No, it wasn't. But oh. the guy. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to tell me. I mean, me. the guy. He was making a cameo. It was actually yeah. him. Yeah, it, it was, was amazing. So, it was so good because it was a live band, and the, the lead singer was playing all the guitar parts, which are not easy parts to play. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah, on Bourbon know. Street of all so places. I never, right? I never got to see him live, and I think that would have been a cool nice. thing, especially at Tipitina's. I mean, yeah, just yeah. to let a babysit for. Uh... <laughs> 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 
All right. Copy well, that. thank you. That's that's a, that's very helpful. I, I appreciate that. Um, okay, so uh, let's get back to the dinner lab. This is uh, okay. So this is an amazing thing that happened to you. So this was a, a company that started here in New Orleans right. uh, a couple years ago, and it was kind of like five guys in a truck. Um, and Brian Bordanic is the CEO of the company, kind of like the brainchild of, of the entire thing. And he brought on Paco Robert, who was the opening chef of Alinea, Alinea. I believe, yeah, in Chicago, with, with uh, Grant at at Kaz Atkins, Atkins. Um, yeah. and you know, just a a really great team to kind of come into opening this thing. And their concept was to have a fine dining experience with a guest chef from anywhere across the country or the world. Wow. Uh, in a space that is not your traditional venue. Right, right, right. So we bring, you know, they would bring everything on a U-Haul from a commissary kitchen to the space, including the dining room. The tables. The tables, the now, chairs. This was hosted the, in New Orleans a bunch, but did this go on the road then too? Or? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. They, they've now opened and expanded into 30 cities. As of last Friday. As of last Friday, they opened right. Kansas City. And, Interesting. And, um, wow. You know, the guys on the tour. So did you tour too, or did you do it all in New Orleans? Well, I did. I did one here uh, initially. So did you do it like in like a haunted house? Like what kind of places uh, did you did you do it in? My first dinner, I did a Charleston themed menu nice. uh, with all kind of old school Charleston dishes, very quintessential stuff. Cool. You know, kind of elevated uh, to a modern style plating. Okay. And it was at the Carver Theater. Oh and, yeah, and right, right, right. They had just finished cool. the, the renovation. Yeah, right. It's, it's in that whole stream of like the joy, right, and the right. Sanger, and all these yeah. places have come back. These great old theaters. And we were cooking and, uh, up on the that's stage. The, that's the kind of Treme, isn't it? There, would you say? Or right, it's on Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. we we were cooking on the stage, and you know, everything kind of getting expedited down to huh. the floor. You know, it was, <laughs> there was like still scaffolding and all of this. But there was no so cool. Water, there was like barely electricity, and you know, when there's no water, you have to bring everything. You yeah. bring all your water, yeah. you yeah. bring you're cooking outside, right? Always food. cooking you outside. You charge logistics for that and everything, too. Well, they, they work with you on okay. the logistics, yeah. but there's usually an outside hot station, there's an inside hot station where you have induction burners and a steam table and stuff that doesn't require fire. <laughs> Anything that requires fire, which you get for like bayou burners burner, outside yeah. that are down yeah. on the on the ground essentially yeah that are kind of you know up on a dunnage rack and uh, a, a smoker that that is your oven right okay and then uh inside hot inside cold and then you have like an expediting sort of situation a huge table and just a long four table situation where you lay out all your plates and you're just Plating everything as rapidly as possible for each course, which the menus are anywhere between four to, you know, six, seven courses. I've, recently, they've expanded to where I've seen upwards of 15 courses, I wow. think. Right? They've been doing, like, specialty dinners for right. that. So special occasions. Exactly. So is this your full-time job, then, at this point you're doing no, this? No, no. Okay. This was... Um, this was just, just this side, is on, 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 on your day off. You know, this yeah, because this off. is usually like once a month or something. So, right. You go and work okay, your yeah. shift and you exactly. go over to the kitchen. You and prep. you go over to the kitchen, you prep after work, or you could yeah. do it at your cool. convenience, you know, at another kitchen, wherever you had access to prep the food. Oh, wow. You know, it was kind of in the vein of Bacchanal back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, right. and we used yeah. to 
do the uh, guest chefs at Bacchanal. Oh, you used to do Bacchanal as well. I love Bacchanal. Yeah, the Friday uh, nights outdoors. I started the, doing that back yeah, in 07. 07, that's great. Yeah, and that, we were like stomping a going. mud hole, you know, with Christmas tree lights. <laughs> yeah. Bring yeah. your own propane. Yeah, bring your, you know, half yeah. a grill and, you know, the Everything same Everything you need. You but the it, improvisation yeah. of the yeah. entire thing is really what it was all about. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like, I'm going to make this happen and do this gourmet food for... 200 people on in a backyard plates. on paper plates right and then I, th I think the dinner lab kind of evolved from that obviously and then you know this type of pop-up situation and um we the tour that jacob and i were on together they chose 10 chefs to it ended up being nine chefs actually ended up being yeah. nine and there are nine chefs all around the country some from new york some from seattle two were new orleans y'all we had a guy from i think from l.a Right. And the two from New Orleans, where were the two from New Orleans? Chicago, Daniel Espinosa. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Chicago. So how amazing. long did you do the tour? It was three months. Was three, I didn't what come home for three months. Uh, we, I mean, though everybody on the tour, you were We only all stopped in different, in different places at different times. So we were all rotating around the country at the oh, same time. Oh, interesting. Okay, so if you were, say, so. in Tucson or whatever, you might have. <laughs> so, oh, if you ever went to Tucson. Like, no, I, you didn't go to Tucson. I was you? In, you're there by yourself. I was in oh. Austin and he was in San Francisco. Okay, right. but then, yeah. but then, oh, I see. Oh, see, so you stayed there. No, right. you were there for a week. Oh, One that's week. Right. okay. Then you left and then somebody came behind exactly. you. Exactly. So Tucson exactly. got to get nine different, right, or whatever it was, seven yeah. different uh, so variations. On I it, huh? started in San Francisco and did Chicago, New York, D.C., Miami, Atlanta, Nashville. New Orleans, Austin, and then finish up in LA. Wow. But then um, Jacob. I started in New Orleans. Started in New Orleans. And then and went to Austin, LA, San Francisco, <laughs> Chicago. So New were, York, were you, got, were you guys like because you're friends? Were you communicating yeah. during Absolutely. Like, hey, like, listen. So be, be watch warned. out for this guy. To, yeah, watch out for this. Or <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Right, this right. Guy, screwed, this guy screwed my stuff up. Don't let him do <laughs> this. Were you in the same venues right. then as you went then or whatever? Like, no, no, no. It was different. They even different, different kitchens because they were still, oh. the, the company They were still, still organizing the company. Organizing, so when you so. did Chicago, it's not the same as when you did Chicago. It depends. Chicago, I think their kitchen um, remains I mean, the same. I mean, I stayed in it. I actually stayed in like five different places in Chicago, but... Like the the housing situations were different, but the kitchens were the same. When we when I was it was a lot of Airbnb. San Francisco, he yeah. was in Oakland in a kitchen, and I was actually in um, Daly City. I was on Alameda. Uh, yeah, Alameda Island. It was uh, like so an old they, Wendy's, like way out on Alameda <laughs> Island, like at the Navy <laughs> base. Is it California? Yeah, it was really weird huh. uh, situation. But Alameda actually ended up being one of my favorite places for like where I met people. Like ah. people were so cool out nice. there what made them cool? and just so welcoming and like oh. would tell you where to go get some food or you know go to this bar cool. and or then the place next to the bar would have this amazing food and you know whatever the case uh. might be but you know it was just like a really welcoming situation very cool you know them and and nashville now they still do the national that tour was the to same this thing day? there it was do what? Are they, they still doing the tour now? Well, that was the first um, one that they've done. I'm sure that they probably have another one in the works. But, okay. They you know. definitely are going to do another one. Okay. Um, and now they have 30 cities wow. instead so of just the 10 that they had at that time. And this was just last year. Yeah, but we'll wow. see. They had wow. the 10. They had, <laughs> they had the 10 when we started. And by the end of the tour, they were at 18. Exactly. Exactly. So they're like, just expanding so rapidly. And, that's and, insane. So they were still expanding while doing the tour. Right. And, and then after the tour, it just blew up even more, and they went up. Now they're in 30 cities. So, 
What kind of yeah. city? What's the smallest city that gets it? Do you know? They, they, there are no small cities okay. so no, far. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're and that's what they're going for is okay. to get that membership base in right. a city mm-hmm. of like kind of a thousand. Okay. And then you know move move on from well, there. I can't believe how fast time is. We're running well, out rapidly here. So and we then we ended up in Grand Isle. Yeah, let's talk, talk about Grand Isle because I want to ask so, things besides just food questions. Right, you're right. Margo's going to kill me because Margo usually, when she's here, she asks you about your girlfriend and your family and all this <laughs> stuff. I didn't ask any of that stuff. Well, we were just only been talking about food. So we got to get to some of that at the end too. But tell me about Grand Isle. Well, my girlfriend is Summer Beach. And she, okay. <laughs> she's a baker at Gracious Bakery, which is amazing. Ah. They just expanded as well. Uh, to a commissary bakery. Oh, we had the original owner of uh, the actually the, I think it's a couple, right? That are the owners. Yep, Megan. Yeah, yeah. We had them mm-hmm. on the show probably about two or three years ago awesome. when we first started out. They're really nice folks. Yeah. But um, so, so your girlfriend's a baker there. She is, and you All know right. that's that four in the morning kind of gig. But, oh, that's uh, hard. We've yeah. had other couples too, that like that where you're working restaurant business in two different places. And you right. both have crazy hours. And I cover and openings. Sink. Do you I, ever see each other at all? No. And I, I cover openings. I cover so she closings. really your girlfriend? Yeah, hell yeah. More than on paper. <laughs> but, um, you know, then ending up at Grand Isle. I mean, back to Grand Isle. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. <laughs> That's a, it. We get 45 seconds of girlfriend. Margo's shaking her head. <laughs> yeah. It was. I did that for her. I did that for you, Margo. Okay. But um, Grand Isle was kind of in the process of renovating, updating. Bringing uh, a new patio aspect on Lafayette Street, and they're right. on that the, on the Walking Street promenade yeah. of uh, Fulton. Right. So you know, really kind of brick promenade, um, beautiful area, right by Harris. It's yeah. a kind of a Harris situation. They, they kind of renovated that entire area, but um, Grand Isle is privately owned by Jeff Hoff and Joel Dondis, who you know Jeff Hoff is the managing partner. And Joel Dondis, you know, everybody kind of knows from Joel's catering. And oh. he has Sucre, which is a very oh, yeah, right, right, uh, right. prominent dessert right, just space in the city. Right, just opened a new place, too, and, now. And, and the like we were saying yeah, before, right. used to have La Petite. And right, right. Sold that to Justin. But um, so I've kind of come full circle with, with that sort of ownership situation because Joel was the owner of La Petite, which was the first restaurant oh, that I really worked okay. in the city. So... Um, Grand Isle has been gone through an amazing renovation. It's beautiful and that's really seafood inside. based. Absolutely seafood centric right, menu. Different than you've not talked about seafood much. I mean, I have whole, like yeah. four meat items on the menu. Wow. But growing up in Charleston, I mean, I've, I've oh, got like right. a full sleeve of seafood tattoos, yeah, including a, yeah. a shrimp boat. Yeah, is that, you know, that a grew up. Some, yeah, it's a shrimp boat. They call it like some Elvis light. They, they call that a trawler. Nice. Okay. Yeah, nice. These, these outriggers go down, oh, right. and and the nets come scoop out from there up. and scoop everything up. And right. it's kind of the similar situation mm-hmm. for for Jacob being on the coast of the bay. I mean, it's. Like, I grew up on. Do you guys cotton. have the same tattoo? Yeah. Almost. No, oh we my have the gosh, same artist. Close. The same artist. I was gonna say those look really, really similar. <laughs> I know. Wow. And it, it's the same artist, but they are actually very completely different. But yeah. people <laughs> say that that same thing every yeah, now and then. Same arm too. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But um. All right. So you so you uh so you, so you developed a whole seafood menu. It's a whole. It's got to be a lot of new skills involved in that. Right. And and really the issue has been training staff, and trying to. To get these guys to be more technique oriented, more organized, more uh, aware of the situation, sort of constantly that situational awareness that that people kind of lack in the kitchen right now, and the whole like it's not a, my job, thing. right? And there's like, like a you vacuum. want everybody to 
become a team and, and realize that this is we're putting out great And if food, one of us sucks, not, we all suck. Yeah. Even if it's not what? <laughs> even if it's not like the, the food that comes out at Stella, right. the food that we put out is, is done really well and it's thought through. And now how's it different from Stella? You mean just less? Uh, well, I mean, there's less. We don't have any foam. We don't have any foam on anything. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I'm not sticking my fingers into liquid nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, forming like, something for like where the skin's peeling off. So it off stands off, the stands the up on the plate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it, it's real food, but it, it's presented in a, an elevated fashion. Definitely. And, you know, we do everything from whole fried fish. We, we have a beautiful oyster bar, all marble. We're doing crudos now and just kind of revamping the menu and sort of coming into a just a fresh look on the entire yeah. situation. And, um, but right now, I mean, there's just such a vacuum for labor in the city. Huh. You know, it's like all of the hardcore line cooks that we came up with, you know, where, I mean, we, I always say, you know, there's so no the shortage of labor. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Huh. And, and the turnover rate, I mean, rate. rate's just insane now, not in, right not now. in, not in the front of the, but you know, in, in the kitchen. It depends. I oh, mean, really? you okay. know, it's sort of because there's so many places opening. Oh, I mean, we've right, had right. 15 places open in the past three months. Wow. And then there's another 15 slated to open 15 in the next. significant places. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Never mind. Lots of lots yeah, of And there's always right. a sous chef position. So your right. line cook is going to that position. Exactly. Right. So if you're a listener, around the country and you're a talented uh, aspiring come, sous chef come, on come down. to New Orleans yeah. uh, Grand Isle may Seriously. have a position for you I've got a position for at least right four now. people yeah. right now so. right. that could be a show by the way we could actually have an audition on the show exactly. that would be a new way that would be awesome it. we that can do incredible. that next time let's do it yeah. but, um, and have one of them be a fake too and just but, see what happens but do. trying to introduce new technique and right. new organizational systems and right holding people accountable for what they do right. and eliminating the excuse factor to what people do throughout their day. I mean, there's just no excuses anymore and you're held accountable for it. And there's somebody that's going to be coming at you saying, why is this wrong? Which yeah. they've never really had before. At Grand and Isle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, you're signing off on a, on a prep sheet. You're putting your yeah. initials on it. And I, I go through like probably a thousand right. lines of inventory every single morning. Wow. <laughs> and I go through everything, and yeah, I see everything in the restaurant. But now, sometimes, sometimes it's just so much. Did you say, what your, did you so say what your position is at Grand Isle currently? He's I'm, an AM sushi. I'm the, yeah. Yeah. I, you said that earlier, didn't you, or not? I couldn't no, remember. Okay, I don't I think sure so. if that was in our conversation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So okay, anyways, so, I go through right. this thing, and like... So, so like, this ambition like, is to really take it up a notch from what Grand Isle was. Is what exactly. So like Friday... So if you're someone who ate at Grand Isle four years ago... You want to come back because it's going to be a different sort of restaurant. That's than it was correct. Four years ago, okay. That's like, we want to make that point real clear. Okay. And the accountability thing is is right there. Like Friday, I went through my whole prep list and I marked zero on the amount of sardines we had. But there were right. so many things going on in my head that and being I, for, I, did, I forgot to mention that to Ryan and ah. and then he called me at dinner service and he's like. You didn't, you didn't tell me anything like, about it. I'm, like, I'm like, where's my and I was like, I'm like, of course I didn't tell you. I was like, I, I did write zero. And I'm sorry I didn't tell you. And so <laughs> I'm able totally to look back for that. and see where he put the zero on the list. Yeah. And then I'm on my way to go buy sardines somewhere. So, of course, I'm calling. I'm saying, why am I buying sardines right now? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't oh, know. No. Pretzels everywhere. Oh, man. Yeah. We just sprayed, <laughs> we just sprayed pretzels everywhere. Wow, that could tell that that came from the heart. <laughs> it did. I mean, it, it hit me too. I was like, it, I, I, I totally yeah. was like, yeah, I totally put zero. But it's that I type of accountability that people aren't used to, and they're right. 
used to having an excuse, you know, and saying, uh, I don't know why. Oh, I didn't I see him. No, I, I didn't, didn't see him. You know, right. but I, of course I did. I put a zero, and I'm not going to lie about it because I put the damn zero on <laughs> and, it. And, of <laughs> course, I signed or, – or a line cook saying, I signed off on that. I, and if it's wrong, then I can go back and say – Are sardines something that's essential to the menu? Well, I mean, you, you know, sardines? it's like a dip. Yeah, it, it's a little um, fun, kind of playful. It comes in a little jar and you I mean, know, we some don't, crackers. We don't sell as many of those as we sell as fried fried crawfish. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I you mean, know, it, but it's, it's still an important. Thing. You, you got to have it yeah. if you somebody orders it. You got to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it has a really nice little kind of steens, cane syrup, vinaigrette that yeah, we mix in there. It was like the first thing that I ordered when I came in. Really, okay. You know, it's different and it's campy. And it's like when I'm at the fish camp on the Chappapila Creek, you know, yeah. out there sitting there throwing some worms around trying to catch a catfish, I'm eating a can of sardines with hot sauce, you know? <laughs> and so we did like a, I do like a dehydrated. Man, you, really, you, you eat them out of the can? Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't done that since I was little. Is yeah. that good? Oh, man. <laughs> and it would, and you know, our recipe but, is you just open the can up, and we have our Steens cane vinaigrette. And you, and you yeah. mix it up. You kind of chop it up. You got your little crunchies in there. Oh, man, that's yeah, right. Okay. That's right. Of course. Yeah. You're doing, be- you're doing better prep than my grandmother did, though. <laughs> you know, yes. man, but this is, <laughs> my grandmother just put them on a paper oh, plate. We put it's it in of, a nice little jar. <laughs> you know, it's one of our little campy aspects. Crispies on top. Because Grand Isle is a fish camp theme. Fish camp theme, okay, named after Grand Isle, Louisiana, right. you know, one of the you know most uh, probably the most famous sort of iconic uh, island. In exactly, the, uh, and in it's all fish area. camps. Right. So it was kind of my task to bring the restaurant back to this theme to and roots, back okay. to the fish camp theme, and and but I, I'm trying to be playful with it. it, playful with it, okay. you know, and, yeah, yeah. and just I, uh, one of my menus for dinner lab was a, a play on gas station food. Yeah, it's like I grew up in, in southern Alabama right. hunting so chicken gas hunting yeah, like food and ball. So like yeah. we go to the gas station <laughs> and they had pickled quail eggs. Yeah. And they've got uh like all these sausages and stuff like that and I'm like, I wanna do like Vienna sausages? It. Yeah, Vienna sausage, oh, of course. Man, yeah. You gross me out. That's yeah. awesome though. <laughs> yeah, pop I mean, in the microwave to have that. <laughs> but anyways, I, that well, so yeah. I did some fancy food that was like inspired by Vienna sausages or pickled quail eggs, you know? <laughs> pickled like, quail eggs, yeah. And wow. and it, it was it kind of it's it was it was a big hit. I bet. It, it yeah. was, it's nostalgic, you know. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. you grew up riding around in the car with your parents, and you stopped at the it gas was station. Nostalgic if you were from the and, Gulf, and it was like well, yeah, exotic right. for anybody else. Yeah, you're right. What the hell you is know? that? Like what is a, a pickle? Quail egg? Pickle? What now? <laughs> <laughs> it's so small. That's really cool. So what's your what's your favorite sort of new item that you've added to the menu at Grand Isle recently? Oh my gosh, we're getting signaled. Grant usually would be throwing a fit right now. He's oh, yeah? not here. He's telling me that we're over time. But uh, Chris is a little more polite and subtle about it, but he's making you know, a motion. There, so. There's one of the one of the items is uh, the sauce for the item. And we use a domestic calamari, which like you know, is better than kind of a Chinese or whatever that you're gonna find out there. But the sauce on this thing, we, we call it a crack sauce in the kitchen nice. because <laughs> it's like once you so have some you you Can't dream stop. about it and you just like want to go back to it and it's a, a just a fried calamari with this sauce on there what's the I sauce mean, like is it just tomato sauce it's, it's like a it? sesame vinaigrette and it's oh, kind of my man. throwback to the sort of vietnamese and filipino fishing oh, villages of the yeah. east yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know and you know you get the tentacles and the tubes in there and, and this little sauce on there that's just incredible but i mean like the sardine dip we do whole fried fish. We're doing That's boils, my favorite, by boils the way. every day. What is the whole fried fish? The whole fried fish. I mean, if it's a snapper, oh, nice. And boils every day, which a lot of people and stuff too. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. fish. <laughs> you gotta watch for the bones. Is the only well, thing. but so we that, score it. 
okay. to where you can just kind of pop it off oh, the side. Okay, okay. It definitely um, goes caters to like a lot of the locals around here. Like, yeah, you're yeah. right. Me in Alabama, when I lived on Magnolia, I lived in Magnolia Springs. I used to live in the author of Forrest Gump's house. And nice, this, like, really? The author of Forrest Gump's house? You Winston, waited until Winston minute Groom. 58 to tell us that? That could have been, been the whole show. But, well, there's this <laughs> restaurant called Blanche's, oh. and they always had a whole fried flounder. And, I mean, that's what everybody got in my family. When we came in, they were pissed off because they had to cook a whole bunch of flounders. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're from the South and you grew up on a river, you want a whole fish. You're that's what I'm talking the, about. You're used to yeah. picking the meat off the bone. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But just some of the more playful items, and we're just trying to use unique local ingredients right. uh, to really incorporate into a seafood-centric menu using all of our local seafood purveyors. We, we like American Seafood Inland. We have Dean the Crawfish Guy, Dean Blanchard, coming oh. off of uh, Grand Isle and you know, kind of in that sort of southern Pierre Pard area. Um, we had five seafood purveyors deliver to seafood to us today. Right. Five different ones. Five, five different, different ones. ones. And you yeah. just make them competitive. Inland Seafood, mm-hmm. New Orleans Fish House, all of these guys are involved. I get, but then, I get text messages like from them all the time. All Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oysters come from Captain Johnny, uh, okay. who, who chases the flavor is what he says. <laughs> so I'm at a gas station earlier he's talking about. But then using Covey Rise, um, Chapapila. Chapapila Farms for all wow. of our pork products. Uh, Ty at Good Foods in the Treme, a little small urban farmer. Jack and Jake's, who's just hit the city with a bang. Oh, yeah, we know about Jack and, and Jake's. Yeah, Jay, yeah, 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 Jay yeah. and Joe over there. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Tim Borda's at Covey Rise does an amazing yeah. job. And, you know, he's expanded them into, like, Jacksonville and huh. Jackson, Mississippi and Texas. And, I mean, you know, they're really doing a great job. But they're also bringing back regional products from all of these Yeah, every time they go out somewhere, they come the back south. with something good, too. Huh. Right. So it's a really cool situation that we're living in right now where we have all of these local products and just people trying to present them in not only a raw or a cooked fashion, but just in an elevated way to where it's going to be the most delicious right. way possible. It's all about treating it with respect, you know. Huh. That's my philosophy is just not to go crazy with all these techniques and sauces and foams or something, but actually have this one thing that's was grown really close by and then cooking it perfectly and then just putting it on the plate next to something else that was done really well you uh-huh. know? all you gotta do is Amen. put it on the plate no pretension there just it's put just... it on the plate <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's a little more complicated than that yes but yeah no i hear you wow i'm so sorry we're out of time um we, it, it, you had such an interesting story, and uh, we, you know, there's never enough time to tell it all. But I uh, appreciate you hey, so man. much for being with you us know, tonight. We'll, we'll, we'll do it again. Yes, sure. we can definitely do this again. There's ways of uh, figuring out how to do that. Thanks uh, for having us on. Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, is there any special promotions or anything coming up? Any kind of big events you want to put a plug in for? Or? Well, I mean, right now we've just got – we have that beautiful boil situation going on where people only do boils like once a week. We have boil every night. Yeah, you can come nice. in and buy, buy crawfish you know, by the pound. Crawfish by the shrimp pound. Shrimp by the pound. Shrimp by we the get, pound. We, oh, wait, you can come in and – We get these like beautiful – Anything. Anything, I mean, yeah. You can oh, eat it there. You can wow. get it to okay. go. How long will that, uh, will that last? It's going to last through the season, through which the season. they're, they're okay. calling which the season to be kind of until August even this year. About August, okay. We're about to start doing crabs too. And crabs are coming into season, so yeah, we're going nice. to be boiling crabs. We're going to be you come and buy the, to, buy bold crabs by the pound. We'll give you the the cracker and everything. We're going to clean them as well, yeah. though, which is kind of the, the oh, that's cool so awesome. aspect that's of what we do. You know, our oyster yeah. bar guys are really great about that, especially with the crawfish and everything. Kind of showing the guests how to do, that's how really to clean cool. them, and and then yeah. you know I'll come to the table. I'll show you how to clean a crab. Being the location that you're in, near the convention center, near the mall, right. there, and near the right. casino. 
you, you probably get a whole lot of tourists, but you're but you're also saying, hey, but you know that's great. We want to love on them and represent the city well. And them. I'm gonna show you how. But to you exactly. also want to, you know, it sounds like you're really uh, uh, ministering to the locals too. In the For way sure, that you're doing yeah, this. Yeah. absolutely. And in and, and ways that are really going to be very exciting to people. You're right uh, about that. Discover. So I guess the big theme for this is if you went to, to Grand Isle, and you, whether you liked it or you didn't like it or whatever, but if you went three or four years ago was the last time, you definitely need to get back. Come on back. Because it's yeah. gonna, it sounds like it's a completely different kind of place. It, and, it, uh, and it's evolving you know, even more in the next as, coming as months. And, and just trying to develop staff and, and bringing in the, the right kind of person okay. to execute what we're trying to do. Amen. So. Okay. We, all, we both have heart in it too absolutely like he grew up in charleston i grew up in orange beach on cotton bayou and yeah i used to be the guy who had to go out and fetch the crab traps nice and yeah i'd bring all the crabs in and my mom would boil them and sit on our front porch all night and pick them number one male crab on my that's number that's one a, that's a little bit larger than life it's i a, think it's a, no, it's a true number one oh, we okay, actually okay. we had the measurements on it and we made it a true number one crab Holy, which is <laughs> sweet that's brilliant number you know? one crab bicep that's brilliant so if it's ain't dispute the size that you can hold up that's to your how arm size, that's how it's yeah. my my you know nine twelve shrimp too i'm gonna put it right up against there and we're gonna say that's not right oh that's brilliant <laughs> wow. that's that's where four meets function right there okay yeah that's beautiful okay listen guys we're so out of time excellent our, our special guest tonight on midnight menu plus one was chef ryan hagler of grand isle and also jacob curiston curiton curiton so sorry sous okay chef. sous chef also at grand isle just came on he's going to be an executive sous chef and you know we're really going to start moving forward into a lot more beautiful food, a lot more elevated product, and we're going to bring it. So. Amen. All right. Well, you can find out more about both of our guests and much more about Grand Isle by following the links on our website. It's neworleans.com. And we want to thank once again Petit Pet Care and NOLA Brewing Taproom for the awesome beer this evening. Uh, the NOLA Taproom is open seven days a week, and you can come here anytime. So you can join us, or you can join us back here next week for another Midnight Menu Plus One. you got to come back to see the tap, the new taproom. The ta- I can't wait. By the time we have our next show recorded, we'll be doing it at the new taproom, and it's... Uh, It's going to be a sight to behold, I can tell you. Uh, We look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, uh, I'm Ray Kanata. Good night. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.